What's up with all the clothes in the parking lot? Seriously. Sorry, must have dropped them. Dan, you can't take your clothes off until we're in the studio. Yeah, we do the show semi-live and semi-nude, not the parking lot. See, I just like to think of Wednesday as naked days. Me too. I have a hard time putting clothes on at all. Actually, naked time is only from 6 to 7, not all day. At least wear a feather boa the rest of the time, Dan. Speaking of 6 to 7, it's almost time. Crud, we have to hurry. See, I am ready to go, and you fools have to strip still. Well, I'm wearing my easy-release stripper clothes. Ta-da! All right, y'all, let's start the show. It's 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Time for Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. The next hour is going to be bursting with news, reviews, and interviews for the TBLG community, our friends, families, and allies. And we are your hosts, the cool kids. Dan. Meredith. Christy. And Greg. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. And we are here. Well, actually, I am here um, currently with Molly, our wonderful engineer this, this week. Thank you so much, Molly. Um, and I'm, uh, I, I don't know where our other co-hosts uh, are, um, but um, hopefully they'll be arriving soon. So this would be an interesting Closets Are For Clothes on, I think this is May 31st, the last Wednesday in May. Um, but the, the first Wednesday of the new uh, summer uh, after Memorial Day weekend. So this should be kind of an interesting... So, um, uh, I was, just wanted to kind of, um, we have some things coming up this weekend. There is, uh, the Triangle Foundation is having a Pride celebration, Motor City Pride, um, which is going to be happening in downtown Ferndale. And so I was kind of pre- preparing for, to kind of talk with my co-host about, um, you know, like why should we be celebrating, um, Pride and why is June such a big month and why should we be attending all these different events? Because we've got several several of them that are coming up uh, with uh, the, the Lansing Pride, and then we have Raps Picnic in the West at West Park, um, and then of course the last two weekends, which are always either like Chicago, New York, usually the bigger city um, uh, Pride events. So. Um, so I was kind of, instead of going through the usual, like, oh, we should go to Pride because it's a great family reunion and a celebration of our rights, and, and um, you know, you see people you haven't seen there in a long time, I just figured you've been tired, kind of tired of that speech that we've been doing for the last two or three years, and um, kind of talk about, like, well... There's some things still in the midst of that celebration. Yes, we do have lots of things to celebrate. The things that um, we have definitely accomplished this past year and the several years before. Um, but I also kind of wanted, and I'm not trying to be really depressing about it, but but also wanted to talk about some of the things of that are happening um, it, that we need to be aware of. And I'm not trying to bring us down and oh, what a somber thing, but but also kind of the reason why we've been why we do have these pride events and part of having these pride events is uh, is kind of making sure people are aware that we're out there um that we, that we're visible and that yes we still exist we do really exist and not all of us are what the Jerry Falwell and the um uh, Pat Robertson are all kind of saying that um that that we're doing or the immoral acts that we're we're committing on a regular basis but at least that we are um and i I don't want to really kind of bring it down like i've been saying over and over and over but it's just one of those things that kind of in the midst of the celebration remembering that yes we do need to celebrate our accomplishments but we do have much further to go and one of the things of why i was thinking we have much further to go because i was really looking for um things to celebrate and things to to, you know say we have really accomplished the the following things in the, the past year but i ran across um um, AmnestyUSA.org, and I was really kind of really surprised with some of the things that they were they were saying about the United States, and some of the things that we really do need to still take into consideration. Um, Amnesty International campaign against um, police brutality, and they're calling it Stonewalled, begun in, began in September, um, has now been joined by 36 na- nation uh, excuse me nations. The international campaign focuses on four key cities in the U.S. Um, highlighted in this report. Um, and they focus on Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City, and San Antonio. And they were talking about in this report of, uh, they had interviewed several people, um, and, and had many conversations of, of people that are, uh, that are, um, 
uh, working the streets, the sex workers, uh, talking about immig- you know immigrants, uh, talking to people that have in- had have had unfortunate interactions with the um, police, and for whatever reason, either a traffic violation or um, or a protesting situation, and they were talking about how they were actually um, treated. And in this report, they go into several instances about where people were actually affected by the, the the police brutality and how we need to be really aware that there are still people who are in power or in positions that can definitely influence our lives that are um, that could be unfortunate circumstances and one of the things that I did read was in in regard to the um, uh, in regard to lesbians and there was a situation that happened. Um, in 2004, a lesbian from Athena, uh, excuse me, Athens, Georgia, filed a civil lawsuit alleged that a um, a former Gwinnett County deputy raped her because she is a lesbian. The officer reported reportedly forced her into her apartment at gunpoint before raping her. The woman said the officer vowed to teach her a lesson and said the um the world needed to to excuse me needed at least one less dyke and he was going to make sure that happened the officer was charged with a rape false imprisonment aggravated assault with a deadly weapon aggravated assault with intent to rape and violating his um his oath of office according to the athens clark county district attorney uh, attorney's office the officer was acquitted um, of most charges, but found guilty of violating his oath of office. The officer agreed to deal um, to a deal whereby he received two years probation, during which he was to have no contact with the victim. The officer was banned from Athens Clark County and promised not to appeal. The, this is the excuse me the decision, and I felt for what he had done that he should have gotten much more than just a a slap on the hand or a. Um, and um it, it and it seemed like he didn't really have any consequences so um and 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 not to have to, any dealings with um the person that he raped i was a you know or the survivor of the rape crime um i was i was stunned well he better not be talking to her and and or dealing with her um so um and so this is where i was I was I was surprised by that. Another one was a lesbian living in St. Paul, Minnesota, reported that in July 2000, a man repeatedly pushed his shopping cart into her partner, eventually knocking her to the ground. She told Amnesty International an officer stationed at the front of the store said it was that if he if we wanted the, to press charges, then he would have to arrest both my partner and the man since he did not know who started it. When I informed him that the man had been fo- following us for several minutes and had called my partner a dyke, he told me that if we chose the, that lifestyle, we had to expect some people to have a problem. He refused to take a report. He took down his badge. Uh, we t- excuse me. She took down his badge number and reported the incident to the police precinct, where she was informed that since the officer had not filed any incident report, she could not um, file a complaint against him. Um, shortly afterwards, she was reportedly fired from her job working for the state of Minnesota. She told Amnesty International she was informed by her employers that her involvement in the in the incident was, quote-unquote, conduct unbecoming of a state employee. And there are several more that that this keeps that they keep talking about. Another one, a Latino woman living in Chicago was arrested and ordered to undergo counseling after her partner called the police, claiming she had been abused. The Latina woman had reportedly been beaten by her partner over a period of time, and neighbors um, had repeat, repeatedly called the police, who usually did not intervene despite um, this long history of abuse. When the police finally took action, it was to arrest um, the long-term victim, an LGBT domestic violence activist, told Amnesty International in February 2004. that The, abuse part, the abusive partner was fluent in English and was for... Excuse me, and was for that reason taken more seriously by police. The victim was um, monolingual Spanish and unfamiliar with her rights 
um, in the USA, so she so was unable to defend herself verbally with with the police. As with most uh, same-sex domestic violence cases, the police assume both parties um, are liable, and the one that can speak up and make the most uh, accusations is considered the victim. So it's one of those things where I was like really surprised at how the police are actually reacting to um, to folks um, in the LGBT community, and been really quite um, upset by it. Um, and so um, we've been actually joined and graced with the presence of Meredith Hockman. Hello, Meredith. Hello. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost track of time. Woohoo! Well, with this gorgeous weather we're having, I can understand. I know, right? <laughs> so I, I don't know if I need to catch you up on what's been going on. No, I've been listening. You've been listening. Uh-huh. Of course. And um, as everybody ha- does, <laughs> I'm from 6 to 7 on Wednesday evenings. And just kind of talking about, and, and I kind of wanted to get, you know, your and Christy's uh, opinion about, I mean, I understand this this um, this weekend is a huge celebration. I think they're expecting what forty thousand people, mm-hmm. so there'll be lots of people in Ferndale, and it'd be great just bringing our presence there and a lot of people seeing us. And I understand that we do definitely need to celebrate, right? But I kind of want to want to bring in a little somber note and saying, you know, we're not as far as we think we are, and I think, I think that's a valid point. And and I kind of wanted to kind of talk about like you know that yes definitely go out there and celebrate have a wonderful time but also understand why we're doing this and also have that I guess that sense of history I I'm I'm I remember I don't know what it was recently go ahead uh-huh. I I mean I do think that one of the things that I've noticed and maybe it's that you know when you're at a pride event there are lots of things going on but I've I've often noticed that we don't talk about where we've been or where we're going or what's happening currently in that sense of urgency that we need to have. And I've noticed, you know, even in Lansing when we do the rally, that, you know, the rally doesn't draw the numbers that the party does. Right, right, exactly. And that's fine. I mean, I think that we do need to celebrate ourselves and celebrate who we are and, and not be ashamed and not... But we also have to remember that there are people out there who don't think we have a right to be who we are. And so... Right. We really do need to have that acknowledged and focused on and and i would hope that when in other you know when i see other rallies and other groups doing things around issues Mm -hmm. there is a sense of like yes we've accomplished all these things and we've done wonderful things Mm -hmm. but there's also that sense of but we need to do more and we need to rally ourselves and like that these these sorts of rallies and events are meant to rejuvenate people's um responsibility to the cause I like that. How you put that? It's, it's rejuvenating their 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 what? One more, one more time. Rejuvenating their responsibility to the cause. So, and I like that. The, um, the responsibility all, to the cause. Yeah, we all have a responsibility. If it's a cause that you believe in, we all have a responsibility to it, um, and we all have to take you know we have to take measures to be a part of it in whatever way that we can. Um, and for some people, it's being able to even go to a pride event. That's how they are being responsible for it. But, you know, there are people out there, people in Ann Arbor, I'm sure. I know I'm like this, who take for granted the fact that you can walk down the street holding your partner's hand 80% of the time and not ever have anyone say anything to you in this city. But mm-hmm. that's not true of so many people, so many more people, and we're such a small, small community. Well, and I think that, that and that's part of the reason why I think rap struggles. Mm-hmm. Because we are such a tiny community, that, the, and there is always a percentage that is able to support a community right. center, um, but there's a much larger group of people that need the community center, may mm-hmm. not um, be able to support it, but are able right. to use it. And so I think that's really is important for us to be able to have mm-hmm. um, rap and 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 at a place, right. but you know, can I trump you for a little bit? Sure. Is that we we aren't as safe as I thought we we were? Because um, I just recently came across an article. Um, re- Regarding Dan Oates, who used to be the chief of police uh, for the Ann Arbor uh, for the Ann, for the Ann Arbor Police Department, mm-hmm. and um, and I was really surprised. And I actually um, didn't even know about this issue until this weekend when I was at a brunch, mm-hmm. and someone was talking about, "Oh yeah, did you finally hear about the conviction of Dan Oates?" And I went, "The conviction." And apparently he was resp- he was one of the main uh, people that was responsible for um, issues that happened in New York. Let me happen to read the article for you. Um, before coming to Ann Arbor in August of 2001, Daniel Oates, an, attor- an attorney 
an attorney, was the commander of the New York Police Department's um, or uh, NYPD intelligent, um, intelligence division. In that position, Deputy Chief Oates, while not a named defendant, was an important figure in the three, for, in three First Amendment lawsuits um, litigated by the New York City Liberties Union on behalf of Housing Works, um, which is an HIV and AIDS service provider and advocacy group that was critical of New York Mayor Rudolph Giuliani's AIDS policies. Three separate opinions um, of federal district judge um, Harold uh, Bayer, I think, Jr., reveals that Oates um, and other officials repeatedly violated the First Amendment rights of, of Housing Works um, and its supporters under the uh, rubric of secret, uh, excuse me, of um, of security concerns. And one of the things was is that he um, he was key in enforcing that they didn't they didn't basically want. Uh, um, any political uh, protest activity um, on the city hall steps and plaza. Um, they were f- afraid of uh, terrorism. They were afraid of security. They were afraid of something might happen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and that something might be a little violent. Um, so they were, um, and so they were refusing to get any help, uh, or excuse me, refusing um, housing works to be able to be able to, to do this protest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, there were two other occasions that they did allow it to happen. One that had 5,000 individuals and another one that had 3,000 individuals. And um, and Housing Works basically said, look, we want to do, um, a com- do a com- commemoration on World AIDS Day. Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely not, according to the policy that w- he was enforcing. Mm-hmm. Um um, but apparently, um, they t- so they sued the city, said, look, you're violating our First Amendment rights. And apparently, it has actually come out that um, Judge Bayer, um, district, excuse me, district Judge Bayer, um, declared that Oates policies um, and later less restrictive policies un- um, un- unconstitutionally made his two earlier injection- injections against the NYPD permanent. The city did not, um, and so therefore... Um, he was convicted that he had something involved with this in, in preventing people's First Amendment rights. I don't know if convicted is the right word. Okay, so what's the right? So he was accused? No. But I he mean, wasn't accused. He it wasn't was, a, I mean, it's not a conviction. You can't be tried for violating someone's First Amendment right. I mean, okay. you can say that they were violated, and yes, they can get compensation, but I don't know that he is the... The culprit. The, like, mean... It's not in the same as, like... Murdering someone, he oh. was convicted of murder. So what? Is, so oh yeah, he wasn't convicted of murder. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That's true. Um, and um, I mean, I I think that you know I know Dan Oates fairly well, and I've had for me the pleasure of working with him in a variety of situations. And I think that what happened in New York, and I'm not trying to excuse what happened, but you know, right. New York is New York, and Rudy Giuliani. I think was not very receptive to the gay community. And I think that it's probably an administration that bred that sort of understanding of, Hey, if you're not like us, you're against us. And so that's how Rudy Giuliani kept control of the city for as long as he did. And, and I think some of that has to do with that. Now in my interactions with the chief, one of the first things he did was come to the rap office and, sit down and want to talk with people in the community about... Well, of course, being the conspiracy conspiracy theorist that I am, he wanted to be able to have an innocent... Um. Okay, Dan. <laughs> Someone's been watching too much TV. <laughs> yeah, the so, Da Vinci Code is true. Right, I don't I care what people well, call me. Well, that is true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I don't... It, you know, it's not... He shouldn't violate people's First Amendment rights. Right. And I think that... You know, it's unfortunate that they chose to, to, you know, if you're going to have a policy about this, then have the policy be about everybody, not about the things that you like. And, you know, I noticed I one of the things was about the Yankees was one of the rallies that they had. And right. I got to tell you, I'm a huge Yankees fan, but everybody no. has to have equal. Either everybody gets to come and do it or nobody does. And that right. really exactly. needs to be Right, exactly. And you really think, and the other thing I was thinking of, too, is that, okay, so the Yankees brought in 5,000 people. Right. I mean, how many people from Housing right. Works is it going to be, be, be brought in? And I think that, you know, one of the things was that Rudy Giuliani probably did not want them talking negatively about his current policies regarding HIV and AIDS within the city and that that was not the way to go in terms of trying, you know, right. it's unfortunate that it had to happen the way that it did. And, and 
you know, if Chief Oates is responsible for that, that's unfortunate. I mean, I'm, I'm, it disturbs me to hear that, but. Okay. Do we know why he left Ann Arbor? He had got a better job somewhere else. Oh, the nerve. <laughs> the nerve. But I, I mean, he had been. He knew I was going to make the phone right, call right. and have him on Closets Over Clothes. And I think he would have come on. I, I do. I think he would have come on and I think he would have, you know, tried to explain his side of the situation. And right. I think that. You know, it's. I think that being law enforcement and being in the military and all of those things these days is a very difficult task to do, and it is. You know, <laughs> it truly is. So definitely. But I don't so. know. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to. I I only know what I know of him personally, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I think so. I guess that's I, when I remember. I guess what I was trying to get to, and and I guess we got into like a defense defending Dan Oates. I didn't mean but, to. I, uh, didn't, but, I didn't know what you. Uh, what I what I wanted from you, I understood. But I um, is that um, I guess the thing is is that I guess we're not as safe in our own backyard no, as we not. are. And as I we think, think that we are. you can't just another thing is just because he came to to the queer community on a number of occasions to try and do outreach and understand what our needs were and try and expand what Ann Arbor Police Department's willingness to work with the community was doesn't mean that in every situation he's a great guy and in every situation you are going to make the right choice. And I think that that's something we have to remember is just because we're safe in Ann Arbor today doesn't mean that tomorrow we're going to be safe in Ann Arbor. And I guess that's also what happens like, with Proposal 2. I mean, right. that we don't have... I mean, we thought we were okay. We thought we were fine. Oh, we're going to be victorious over Proposal 2, and it passed. Right. And so I think just even in our own backyard that we're having issues. Right. Driving the point a little further. Uh-oh. Let me read this next one. Okay. Um, Al Averton, a 74-year-old gay man, died in October 2003 in San Antonio, Texas, reportedly after being struck on the left temple with a baseball bat. Before he died, um, Al Averton identified his attacker to to family, friends, and authorities and said the man had um, shouted homophobic abuse as he beat him with the bat. Al had initially... I refused to go to the authorities after um, earlier incidents of homophobic abuse from the alleged attacker because he did not want the police to know that he was gay. The discriminatory motiva- motivations of the crime were, um, were never investigated and no charges were filed in connection with his death. So this is an issue for me because I currently have, and I'm sorry, I'm going to bring this up folks. I know you know who you are. Um, as I currently have some <laughs> friends that, oh my God. Uh, well, I guess the thing is, this is kind of, I just really want to like, it is happening in our own backyard. I have some mm-hmm. friends that live in Ypsilanti. Mm-hmm. The situation is, is that they have some neighbors. Well, this first happened actually during proposal two mm-hmm. where they removed, um, the, you know, vote no on proposal two and they had put two signs up and they disappeared mysteriously right. in the middle of the night. Right. And then we had two bad storms, so they thought, oh, it was just the wind. But when you didn't find it against any fences and things, they were kind of like, well, that's kind of weird, but that's okay. Um, and, and didn't see anybody's trash, so couldn't figure out what had happened. Mm-hmm. Then they were taking groceries one night, and a neighbor and a bunch of kids were yelling um, uh, dis- uh, derogatory Mm-hmm. terms for being gay mm-hmm. um, at them as they were trying to take their groceries in. And it was not something they could just go into the house because they had, you know, stuff in the car that they had to bring in or it's going to spoil. Right. Then they went for, so this is, that was several months later. Mm-hmm. Then they, a few months after that, they were out for a walk because we're trying to train for the Dexter Ann Arbor walk that's coming up this, this Sunday also the, mm-hmm. in the morning, um, which may be one of the reasons why I can't go to Pride on Sunday because I'll be too exhausted from the, right. um, the Dexter Ann Arbor run, um, is that um, they were training for it and, w- and walked by a similar neighbor where the kids were um, again the, with the with the an adult present or someone who looked like an adult not interacting with the kids or stopping the kids, the kids you know saying, "Well, are you gay? What's going on? Are you too gay?" and was and was berating them with questions, and they were like, "You know, we really don't want to talk about this," and they just we just want to go for a walk, and the kids just continued to be after them and you know and trying to uh, inquire about the, what's going on with them. And in a derogatory way, or well, it was kind of like there was a couple kid. There was one kid that was. There was another kid that that. There was another few kids. The other kids were 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 more curious than anything, but mm-hmm. were egging on the one who had the guts to ask it. But he was asking in a very okay. Um, 
not a very kind way. Um, and so it got to be very uncomfortable that they now they can't even go for a walk in their neighborhood. Okay. And so, and they don't feel that they should go forth with this because what harm was really done? There was no harm to police are, are there to protect property. There was no, there was no incident. Nobody was hurt. No bodily harm was done. But the you're just a step property, away from that. Well, but exactly. But that's exactly here where the, this gentleman, Al Averton, you know, was having... For some reason, I feel like it's a fake name just because of the well, way you read it. Exactly. Well, it's E-V-E-R-T-O-N. So is it Everton or is it... I don't know. Um, so he... Um, but Al, our buddy Al here... Right. You know, he was just having... Thing. Yeah, making the same uh, same conclusions like, oh, okay, whatever. Some people are just um, homophobic or heterosexist. And I don't know that you necessarily... I mean, I think that there are times when you do need to talk to the police but i don't know that this situation is necessarily that as much as going to your neighbor and saying look your child or your whoever has been repeatedly saying these things for, to me right. i'm asking you to stop that right and then taking it from there because i someone told me a story today where they had they're a teacher and they were supposed to give an assignment and there was the assignment and then the alternate assignment and they heard this this one of their kids in the class. It wasn't their class. They were a visiting teacher, and the teacher was in the room. Right, right. And they'd heard the child making comments, and the teacher refused to do anything about it. And so finally, the kid came up to get their thing, and she said to him, "You know what? I heard what you're saying, and I'm not willing to give you this project. I think you need to do the alternate project. And when you go home tonight, and your parents ask why you have to do the alternate project, I want you to tell them." That you have to do the alternate project because you chose to make racist comments in class in front of other people and that you thought it was funny and I decided that wasn't what we wanted. I wasn't going to let you do that. And so that's why you have the alternate thing. And she ran into the kid a couple, like a week or two later, and he'd come to her and he had said, look, I don't know why I was saying the things that I did, did. My parents aren't like that. My parents didn't teach me that. I didn't go home and tell them that, but I want to apologize to you because I was wrong. Mm. And I know better. Right. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm right. sorry that I did that. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, she could have said nothing and left it alone. And mm -hmm. it never would have occurred to him that it was wrong or he never would have thought about it and you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so right well and i think that that you played into my hands meredith you didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even come to the pre-show <laughs> and uh you played in my hands because that's exactly what i want to talk about i want to talk about what happened in howell over the weekend because i read the interview news recently and uh -huh. there were, and there was a very interesting hate crime that i think you need to know about okay The Office of Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Affairs offers service to the University of Michigan and Ann Arbor communities. I'm gay! He's gay! LGBTA services include education and training, information, program and organization development, support and referral, and advocacy. CBN. Made me that way. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. I'm gay. For a list of helpful resources, call 763-4186 or visit on the web at www.umich.edu slash tilde I-N-Q-U-E-E-R-Y. You look really weird. 
Oh my gosh, Molly, that was like the best PSA. That's like from years ago. Oh my gosh, I love it. That Molly, Molly has joined us. She's going to be our new engineer until um, she finds better, better stuff. I guess. Hi. Hi. I'm so, so excited she's here. Exactly. So <laughs> Yay, Molly, good to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's wonderful because we were before the show. Kind of we play have another PSA that we discovered that I haven't heard in years that i didn't know we had so this is exciting that uh it's um, great yeah so as we're discovering our other psas and so it should be kind of an interesting uh an interesting show or interesting uh program with molly um bringing in her influence to closets for clothes super yay so there was a situation this weekend that happened um well actually it didn't happen this weekend but when i was reading the ann arbor news that um there was an incident that happened in howell tell me more meredith okay um in a rather surprising about face howell resident vicky fike has asked the howell school board to take down two student group flags hanging at howell high school that have been the center of debate for most of a year Quote, I ask that you please remove those flags, all of them, end quote, Fike said Monday during the board's meeting's public comment agenda. Fike referred to the flag hanging by the school's diversity club last year, or excuse me, hung by the school's diversity club last year, and to the more recent flag hung representing the school's traditional values club. I can't keep up with the shifting logic of this argument, said Superintendent Chuck Breener, that that's why I gave it to you. It doesn't, it was, I, I think that it's missing some words. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not your fault. I oh. think that the way they look. I was anyway. like, I just printed it. The diversity flag and its perceived relationship to the gay pride rainbow flag is at the center of the issue, he said. Some in the community, including Fike, alleged it is a symbol of gay rights, while others, including club members, say that's nonsense. Fike, the owner of the Livingston Organization for Values and Education, a local conservative values group, because you know every community needs one, <laughs> said she wants... <laughs> Both flags removed because she believes the debate about their suitability in a high school setting has created an ad- adversarial relationship between groups of students at the school. Just to make a comment about this, I feel like parents and like adults in general have absolutely no clue what happens in schools. Oh, yeah. And so I've decided the only real way that people are going to wake up and see that kids are talk about sex, right. have sex know what it means to be gay, know a heck of a lot more than their parents do is for us to just constantly videotape them so that parents can just like <laughs> zoom in and hear their child talk about the fact that they, you know, have well, given oral sex last weekend and wasn't it great? Yeah. Because it's the only way parents are going to believe that their kids actually do the things that they do. Well, and that's a very interesting topic because there was a cousin of mine where I was talking to um uh, my aunt and she was saying that oh no no you know this 15 you know my 15 year old nephew uh cousin i'm sorry 15 year old cousin was not uh oh he wasn't into sex we don't need to have the talk with him yet da, 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 da. And i'm like you need to have the talk with him he needs to know what's going on and she's like oh no no he doesn't even know about girls yet yet six months later suddenly there was this girl that kept showing up in all the pictures <laughs> and things like this and i said uh and so i finally confronted her and i said does he have a girlfriend and she was yes but we don't tell anybody about it and I'm like, did you have the question, the, the sex the sex talk yet? And she looked at me, like, oh, you are so ridiculous. He's a good. Christian. <laughs> um, and media attention to the issue that has put us on the national limelight for negative reasons. Fike told the board. Brenner responded, saying, "He, we have no discussion about flags except when outside forces bring up the issue of the flag hanging. Unfortunately, an action in April of one of the district's teachers, he said, raised the issue again." A teacher faces a possible three-day suspension for placing a sticker bearing the message, hatred is not a family value, under the traditional values club flag. Responding to Fike's allegation that the administration had asked the teacher to facilitate a meeting between the members of the two clubs for the purpose of, quote, negotiating down the flags, Brenner, that is untrue. Um. I talked to two students from the diversity club at a recent meeting, but there was no attempt to have them meet under a prompt by a teacher. In fact, Brenner said he suggested to students that any meeting should 
include kids only. Smart man. Very smart. Spike was a vigorous supporter of hanging the flag designed by the school's traditional values club after being thwarted in her efforts to remove the diversity club flag. Calls to Fike for comments Tuesday were not returned. Members of the diversity club have denied that their flag is intended to be a symbol of gay pride, while traditional values club members have denied that their flag, a blue cross on a white background, is a Christian flag. <laughs> well, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt the gotcha. way that... It may be a plus God. sign because they're into mathematics. That's right. <laughs> traditional values meaning mathematical values. That's right. It all adds up. Right. <laughs> Brenner has said both flags are we covered. We're more than the sum of our parts. Exactly. <laughs> are covered by our parts that never touch each other. That's We're right. Covered by the Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution. It's all or none, he said. I'm comfortable with both those flags hanging, Brenner said. I've always said this is about inclusiveness and that includes students in both clubs. And it connects directly to the diversity resolution that the board approved in December 2003. Also at the Monday's meeting, Hell resident John Arthur, saying he represented the Love Group, L-O-V-E, presented board president Sue Drazik with a framed copy of the national motto, In God We Trust, for posting in the boardroom's meeting. The same framed motto was not accepted by the board when it offered nearly when it was offered nearly a year ago. Brenner said he has no clue about what the board will do with the motto. There was no action taken by the board. I thought Sue was gracious in accepting the gift. Beyond that, I know nothing. When Arthur handed her the motto, Drazik simply said simply thank you right but getting back to the teacher okay so she she's accused of a hate crime is she accused of a hate crime yeah it was there was oh i didn't i didn't catch that from what they said i thought that she was just in trouble for doing it for just placing bearing the message oh well i guess i okay so I read through the lines, but it was basically she was she. Um, Sorry, I'm all in my my lawyerly you mode are, where you just my can't. My goodness, you got to be careful what you, you say and how you say it. I can't wait till you be, you know get to that law <laughs> school because then I can be to be able to talk like a normal person again. <laughs> I can make accusations and not be uh, in convictions right. with my thoughts. I can convict anyone <laughs> I want to in here. <laughs> that, um, but then she's getting, even the thinking about suspending her for three days for putting up something that says, you know. I hey, wonder if it's like some stupid policy that they're, again, because it seems like he's someone who said, you know, fine, you can put up your diversity thing, but then you have to put up the traditional values club, whatever that right. is. What do you do it? Sorry. Right. I was going to say, you what do, do you do with things. traditional values club? Things do, that you've done for a long time. Do women get barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen? Uh, well, no, they don't no. have a home ec class. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, this is... Um, it I mean, seems silly. I mean, her message was one of tolerance, which is right. what they need. And I think that, you know, targeting it towards the traditional values club was probably... Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. Right. Very good. A very good lawyer speak. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but exactly. I mean, that she just basically was saying, hey, you know, think about these values. I mean, mm-hmm. she was just basic. I think she was saying, you know, think about this. It's right. Really think of how inclusive and not how ex- exclusive you really are. Right. And really lo- and, and look at it, at, you know, and, and I guess in a way have a public statement. I wonder what would happen if a, if a student would have done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, would the student have gotten the three days of suspension immediately, mm-hmm. you know? And because that's one of those things where I, I just sit there and I'm like, wow, this is, I, I can't believe this is actually happening. And mm-hmm. poor Howell is going through so much. I mean, they finally kicked out the, K- the KKK. Right. Then they sold, then they were like not as wise in having an auction of KKK material. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and now they're having, you know, and then they're in the news for her writing love on the sidewalks and, you know, oh, practice was love. Oh, was that the same? It was, a, that's what the love incorporated. Uh, I think that's the one that I was Oh, but thinking. then how come it doesn't, they, they gave him a, them a plaque that said, in God we trust. Oh, it was something else then. There was another group. I mean, <laughs> that's it was the, just I guess, a little... Right. I guess it was the, um, I guess that was the reaction group to the love group. Right. Um, but but there this was, is not the only incident where teens are sort of, you know, trying to express their feelings about issues mm-hmm. and not, you know, where does the First Amendment come into play when heat rhetoric comes into play and like what that... Right, because there is a counter story that I was going to want to bring up to you. Right, was saying, and it was um, on, it was published uh, May thirty first, two thousand six. Anti gay T shirt suit may wind up in Supreme Court. Stanford, and this happened in San Francisco, California. A legal battle being waged on behalf of a suburban San Diego teenager who was ba- barred from wearing a T-shirt with anti-gay rhetoric to class could end up in the U.S. Supreme Court legal um, analysis. Oh, legal analysis. 
Analysts? Yeah, many of them suggest. <laughs> a federal judge in San Diego is weighing arguments over whether the, the, uh, the Poway Unified School District, it's P-O-W-A-Y, Poway? I would guess so. Or Poway? I don't know. Uh, uh, the Poway Unified School District uh, violated Tyler Chase Harper's First Amendment right to freedom of speech and religion uh, for keeping him out of class when he wore a T-shirt on National Day on the National Day of Silence in 2004. The T-shirt was hand hand lettered with the words "I will quote unquote I will not accept what God has condemned." Um, on the front and on the back it read quote unquote homosexual homosexuality is shameful Romans um, chapter 1 verses 27 um, a reference to a Bible passage when he refused to remove the t-shirt Harper was suspended and sus- uh, subsequently filed uh, a federal lawsuit against the school district well of course maybe he didn't want to be um, skins maybe he wanted to be shirts <laughs> anyway um, in, in April the um, um, in the April the 9th U.S. District in April. Oh, in April, the ni- the ninth district U.S. Circuit Court. is always helpful. It is, me. isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Goodness, these writers. Um, in April, the, we gotta get better writers. Um, <laughs> the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in a ruling that addressed only a narrow issue of whether the dress code should be um, unenforced pending the outcome of the lawsuit said that the school could restrict what students wear to prevent disruptions. In a hearing involving the, the suit itself, lawyers for Harper asked Judge John A. Houston to find the school's ban on negative or offensive speech toward gays in, uh, is un- unconstitutional. They argued that Houston would, excuse me, Houston should issue a summary judgment without a trial. The school district's lawyers are asking for a summary judgment that the school did nothing wrong. Each side says w- that whichever way Houston rules, there will be an appeal. Exactly. So it's like so. Okay. So oh wait a minute. There's more. Legal experts suggest that the. I thought you were just skipping that part. I may have. Objective homosexual. It's the only matter of time before this. Okay. okay. Yeah, Legal <laughs> experts. Sorry, I was kind of trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, really. Is this mic on? Is this mic on? <laughs> uh, Legal experts suggest that if school districts weigh how to protect LGBT students from harassment against conservative students, free speech rights to um, to object to homosexuality, it is only a matter of time before the Supreme Court becomes involved. Houston was not indicted when... Um, no, he is not indicated when he will make a decision in the case. Well, and he may not be indicted either. <laughs> no, he may not be. That is very true. <laughs> or convicted. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing where um, it's like it's like both ways. I mean, we really there. Where is the freedom of speech really? Ha- and maybe that's why we need to have the ACLU on to kind of really explain. Like we have two examples here mm-hmm. of where. Of where, um, <laughs> sorry, that would be a lot louder well, noise than I expected. Because there is that issue of hate rhetoric and what it's defined as hate rhetoric and what's not. And so, yeah, I think the the First Amendment is a slippery slope. It, it really is. And so, and, and, and that's what's very frustrating in trying to figure out, okay, so I mean, I understand, but how do we have a civil conversation about it? I mean, how do we talk about um the the rhetoric and the of what's you know and what's happening and what's um mm-hmm. what's hateful speech what's not hateful speech right. and so because we have two examples of two people trying to get the conversation happening and it just didn't and it's not occurring so mm-hmm. um and so i guess that's where i'm really uh, i'm really concerned of right. what 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 happens and being a lawyer i was hoping you'd have some insight right. but <laughs> um but yes yeah, so i just wanted to um um, you know, put that put that out there of like, okay, so where do people you know end up on this, and um, and just some things to think about while you're at uh, at Pride. So we got some other news, some uh, interesting news. I don't know if it's going to be sad or maybe a wake up call, but um, uh, some interesting news. I think we need to kind of discuss. <laughs> So this is what I was kind of interested in kind of talking to you about because I okay. think we need to be really um, – we really need – 
I think we're like, how, I see, the fundraiser was in February and it's May and so our, now it's almost June. So it's uh-huh. like four months, four months ago. Uh-huh. And, um, the and commi- what? The, the fundraiser. Oh, the fundraiser. The fundraiser. Sorry. The For fundraiser. some reason, I heard the word commitment ceremony, and I was like, "What do you? We didn't have a commitment." Ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I think that was a Freudian slip, you know, because I really. I'll just do it right here on the air, no. Meredith. <laughs> My answer is no. Oh <laughs> man, dang! Final take back the two two carat diamond. Oh well, then. Um, nope, nope. You said no. That's all right. That's you should okay. give it to the man of your dreams. <laughs> oh, as soon as I meet him. So. Um, okay. So yeah. The fundraiser. So the fundraiser, and I know we were very successful. Thank you very much, Molly. Um, in raising, I think we raised over twenty five thousand dollars. Yes, and that was just amazing. That was wonderful. Thank you all for your support. But I need you to concur- encourage you to continue giving to WCBN mm-hmm. because being the only radio station in the state of Michigan that supports a gay um, radio show. Because recently, even though in the midst of Logo, Mm -hmm. the television show, a gay TV network goes black. Oh, no. Los An- and in We're Los the last Angeles, bastion of of gay we media, are. aren't we? Exactly. Super. Our plan has worked. <laughs> <laughs> we can take them all We're down. <laughs> the gay agenda rules against <laughs> the gay agenda. <laughs> So, yeah, but that's the other thing that stunned me. Like, I could expect it, like, for instance, if it was in, like, you know, uh, Portland, Maine or something where it wasn't very many people. Um, For the six of them. (laughs) Right, exactly. And my favorite story, but speaking of Portland, I didn't really mean to bring this up at all. (laughs) But when you said it, my favorite story about Maine is I have some friends that live in Maine, George and Barbara. And, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, But some other friends of mine that live in Maine. And they talk about, um, apparently... um, there's there's a a, um, a city there named named Derry. It's Derry, Maine, and apparently some of the and um, the friends that I visit or whatever go and visit th- their friends, and it happens to be a gay couple, mm-hmm. and they're known. Uh, um, and they're known that everybody knows that they're gay. They're completely out, and they hold this bed and breakfast and things or whatever. And everybody knows that there's a bunch of queens that live in that city. I knew we were going there. <laughs> exactly. And, I love it. and so and now they're actually officially known, and they've taken the title on as the Dairy Queens. Awesome. <laughs> like, it was fabulous. That's an and awesome story. So I just love that. So every once in a while, when I call them up, I'm like, "Hey, have you guys been to the Dairy Queen lately?" And they're like, "Yeah, they're great. They're wonderful." And the thing about expanding their house and it's really interesting. So, but anyway, but this happened in Los Angeles, California. The which I Where thought would are be Where are we ho sisters? We yeah. Ho? yeah, we ho. But they don't fall down. Um, so, <laughs> so weebles wobble. Weebles wobble. We hoes wobble. wobble, but they, they don't, don't fall down. Gotcha, anyway, exactly. So anyway, Los Angeles, California, and I thought this would be like a place where like people would really support this, but apparently nobody in LA watches TV, Dan. I don't know what you thought. Oh, maybe they just do movies. Right. Um, oh, oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I really didn't mean it, Molly. Whatever I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was your wee hose wobbled. That's, just like, that's, that's it. right. Exactly. But the slow lingering death of the gay television network, gay, um, excuse I like me. I that it's lingering death, but anyway, go on. Oh, of course. The slow lingering death <laughs> of the gay television uh, network, QTV, came to an end Thursday with an announcement from the company that it had terminated transmission. Dun, so, dun, dun. do like, I mean, today was Katie Kirk's last day. They threw a big going away <gasps> Was party. it really? Yes, it was. Oh, I would have tuned in because <laughs> I, I was did, crying. And it got too schmaltzy for me, so I had to turn it off because I almost started crying. And I oh. thought, you can't go to work and be crying. So, Dang, I missed it. Sorry. That and Johnny Carson leaving. I miss both of them. But do they do the same sort of goodbye party? I would think they just turned it off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah apparently this is what happened. This is what... Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay. So um, so this is what happened. This was... A lo- <laughs> you know what's very funny? What the audience doesn't realize is when my mic goes off, Molly's hands go up in the air. <laughs> it's very cute. That's why it's so funny that I know something's happened, even though I... <laughs> she's like... Either that or them. she's been to some sort of event with a deaf signer who's showed her the, oh, the clapping? sign for clapping. And so or, she's like, that's great, Dad. Clap, <laughs> clap. I think she's telling me to wiggle the wire. But 
<laughs> so, but it's very funny. So you, and it's very funny because Molly's very casual, just kind of listening in and things like this. And then all of a sudden, my mic goes out, her arms flying up, and she's like. <laughs> So anyway, party anyway. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Lloyd fan the night the white knight that's K N I G H T brought in to um uh, brought in to sort out the troubled network's finances. Announced Thursday that he had been unable to secure funding for the network and therefore unable to meet the financial obligations of the company. Quote. When I took over control of the network on March 7, 2006, the company was roughly $7 million behind in payments to vendors. New- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's pocket change. I've got like $7 in bed. <laughs> exactly. Numerous lawsuits um, had been filed against the company, and over 600000 was owed to former employees. Fans said in a statement, the financial challenges that the network faced proved too difficult and I was simply unable to turn around the network. Fan statement said, given the GLBT demographic and the success that network had experienced in in distribution, I thought securing funding would be easy. I was wrong. I deeply, I was, I'm deeply disappointed that the network failed the network failed. Many talented people devoted themselves to saving the network. When he took over the network, fans um, <laughs> fans fired. Uh, excuse me, network fan fired the board of directors, founder Frank Olson, the company's chief um, operating officer and its chief financial officer. In February, QTV laid off all of its uh, contract employees, ended most uh, live programming, and said it was retooling. Quote unquote. <laughs> Retooling, really? Retooling. <laughs> I wonder what type of tool. But anyway, um, a fan. I don't even know. I have a picture of a fan here. Uh, a fan closed the network's Los Angeles headquarters and had been broadcasting reruns. So from he's just been hanging out at his house doing nothing and was like, "Yeah, now that you've gotten gotten a paycheck, I'm shutting exactly, it all down." Exactly. Um, and he broadcasting reruns from a rented control room in Texas. Fans said that a full uh, a full forensic accounting and bankruptcy proceedings will follow, but did not give details. At its high point, the digital channel reached about three million homes in in the U.S. The closure um, leave. Am I boring you? No, I'm sorry. Um, the, the, obviously, they closed the th- you know closed the TV program. That's why now. people stopped watching. <laughs> exactly. The closure leaves two remaining LGBT stations in the country. Um, here TV and a pay-per-view network and cable channel logo owned by MTV networks. So holy moly, but WCBN still stays on the air and, and, um, and supports our show. So I just thought that was a real positive mm-hmm. that, that we need your dollars, that we need your dollars. And I'm not, and I'm, you're not giving it to gay TV clearly. Obviously, <laughs> exactly. But, um, but being that we're also a commercial for, I mean, the thing is you get commercial free, so you don't get right. bombarded with all those, you know, come and shop with us or come and, you know, you, you get actually, our lovely voices. Exactly. For free. For free. You know what? You don't have to pay your, um, your digital, you know. You pay somebody to turn it off, but you don't have to pay to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're paying dearly for listening. But anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to say once again, how wonderful WCBN is, is for having us on the air and true. no matter how quality or unquality we are, but it's one of those things that they still support us and keep us moving forward and they give us support with great engineers. And mm-hmm. and um and by the way, I need to let everybody know. I heard from Alex. He is doing wonderful. Um, um I was like, he's right <laughs> there. I can see him. Exactly. Oh, that uh, Alex Sorgay. <laughs> but I can never say the other Alex's um last name. Um, oh, Belhaj. Belhaj, um, Alex Belhaj, um, uh, who has, was our engineer for like uh, I think, uh, for almost a year, yeah. and um, he is now in Europe, traveling um, Paris and uh, Paris and Spain, France and Spain, <laughs> you know, and uh, and he wrote and said he was having a great time. So I'm going to have to. Um, uh, read you the email, but it sounds like he's just doing great. They're responding wonderful to the music that they're playing. He was a little n- nervous of being in France and how they're going to react to uh, American music. Or, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but they're singing gospel and just having a wonderful time. So it's uh, he's he's doing great and he's just That's loving awesome. it. And and um, he, I, I can't wait to hear some of the music he's been. Um, actually, he's also been taping some music. And, and oh, and he's also singing in like like historical. Uh, places, you know, so, um, and so that's kind of a, it's fun. So that'll be like our little teaser for, uh, uh, when we do our Alex Burhaj. 
right? I really just can't. <laughs> So. Alex Berhage? Belhage. Belhage. Um, Belhage is... Yeah, well, I always told him, is this to Alex? Hey, Belhage. Alex, look at this. <laughs> Belhage, thank you. Um, and, uh, so whenever Alex... Belhage. Um, <laughs> so, comes, uh, so we're going to hear periodically from him. <laughs> so, um, uh, so stay tuned for that. So whenever we get um, some information and stuff, so we'll pass that along. So you can keep up to date. And, and also, Trace, get your map out of Europe. Europe and um, <laughs> and, um, uh, and 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 map where he's going and where he's traveling and having a good time. So that might be a little teaser for a future show. But in the meantime, again, support WCBN. I know it's the middle of May and there's not very many. It's not the middle of May, my friend. It's oh, it's actually the end, of, the end of, May. of May. It's almost June. It's Pride. We'll take Pride in a take wonderful pride. radio station. Yeah. Why not make so, your Pride donation to us? That's right. Exactly. The closets are for clothes. So. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, WCBN, but... But, you know. Exactly. So, um... You support them, they support us. Exactly. It's a nice circle of love. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) So, speaking of love... Yes. How are you, love? I mean, we got five minutes, so actually four minutes, so... (laughs) Um, so I didn't get a chance to kind of... We were in the middle of... I was in the middle of something when you walked in. I know. Didn't get a chance to say, hey, how are you? So, how are you, girl? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy. I sort of half forgot it was Wednesday. I've had a hard time because of the Monday off from work. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've been a little bit behind in my days. Gotcha. Okay. So. Okay. Otherwise, everything's good. I'm covered in mosquito bites. Ooh. That must mean you had a lot of fun picnicking Mm, or barbecuing. Well, we did barbecue, and we went to the baseball game on Monday in the 90-degree weather. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I I at some point looked at my partner and said, I'm going to die. (laughs) Oh. There was no breeze going through? You guys didn't get bleacher seats or anything? No, no. We were up, like, that top section. Really? No breeze, just all sun. There was a little bit of breeze and there was a little bit of cloudiness at times, but in general it was just hot and you're packed in there with all these other people. And oh. It was good. Okay. It was bad because the Tigers lost, but it was good because we went, but yeah. it was bad because it was hot. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I have to admit too, and I'll, we'll end on this little story, but there was a... Um, so I was I went to a barbecue and things and we ended up just all going inside. So we had indoor you know barbecue. Indoor barbecue because it was too hot. <laughs> exactly. And um and one of my uh, friend's sisters was there. Uh-huh. And um and so we were talking and I was saying that I heard over the weekend that Grand Rapids got a heat index of one hundred and one degrees. Really? And they're like, Oh no, it could never have happened. Da, 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 da. So they're watching the weather channel and all these different things and it kept reporting that they only were at ninety five and all these different things and they're like, Dan, you're lying, da da da. But then one of them, um, one of the friends that were there, reported says, "You know, it's cooler in Las Vegas than it is here. <laughs> you know, it was like in Las Vegas, it was like eighty-five degrees, and we were at ninety-five degrees." Yeah. And I said, "Well, that makes total sense." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, why is that?" I said, "Well, because if you look at the map, Las Vegas is lower than us, and you know how heat rises." Oh, Dan. <laughs> so I will leave you with that meditative thought. Oh, I'm sorry about that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was that she looked at me and the sister was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or... At our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the Regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace. This is WCBN 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. Do you have your ticket? No? 
Good. Neither do I. No tickets are required. Welcome aboard, humanity. This is the Neon Jazz Train.